I knew I wanted to be an MBA or a satellite reporter since I was 16 years old. People don't know that you can get passionate about something else. God forbid we're multifaceted human beings that have other interests than just playing one thing. I've always liked storytelling and I've always loved basketball. So let's marry the two. The best transitions happen when you're still an athlete. You use basketball, don't let basketball use you. Athletes don't know the next step after they're done playing. How can you? Welcome, my name is Warren Ward. I am here today with Savannah Hamilton, the Canadian media personality producer and sideline reporter for the Toronto Raptors. She's born in Mississauga, Ontario. She is one of Canada's first on-air black female sports personalities. She attended the University of Ryerson, known now as TMU. She is a former OUA provincial champion and the host of many various shows, including Swish Inside the NBA and Raptors Today. This 2018, I stopped hooping. I go to uh, Akil asked me to come on the hangout, and there's little savvy. <laughs> little savvy. <laughs> little savvy. <laughs> young savvy. Young savvy. <laughs> young savage. Young <laughs> savage. Yeah. Yeah. Young sav doing producing, and I'm like, I remember you. Like I remember playing, um, and there you were. And then I, and then years later, you're now doing sideline for the Toronto Raptors. Like it's been a long. I saw you start there and where you are now. Uh, the second black female to ever do that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So pretty impressive. So um, I guess we'll start off with our first, our first question. Okay. And um, can you share the story of how you got involved um, in basketball? In basketball, like as a player? Both. Oof. It's a long story. Good things we got a podcast. We, we got so time. We got time. <laughs> so the place. Uh, I got involved in basketball through my family. Um, my aunt, she played professionally. I actually have two aunts that play professionally, but one really had a really great career. She even got some WNBA workouts and tryouts, but the WNBA, like it came too late. Like right, right. she was towards the tail end of her career when she was like playing a little bit with, uh, I believe it was Houston. And then she played a little bit with LA and stuff like that. Did she play overseas? She played all, all her majority of the careers overseas. Where? Um, oh, everywhere. Like you name it. Like she was there, like literally Sweden, Italy. Uh, I think she was in Spain. She knew how to speak multiple languages, and apparently she was amazing. Oh, wow. um, and then, yeah, and then the WNBA came just a little bit too late because she was kind of getting out of basketball at that time. And then, but she was giving back to the community already. And she was like, she opened up this uh, program called Home Court Basketball, and that's where I learned how to shoot. Like, that's where I would, me and my twin sister, we would mm. go learn how to play basketball there. And then from there, so that was like seven years old. I was and, about to ask, yeah, yeah. when did you start doing that? Yeah, I was like seven years old. And then, Here in Toronto. Uh, no, uh, that was out in Oakville, but I was living in Mississauga. Um, and then from there, um, you know, just kind of always had a ball in my hand. Um, eventually got into organized sports uh, around grade seven. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad really pushed us pretty hard, actually, honestly. Um, but it, it paid off because we both played post-secondary. My twin got a scholarship to Alabama. Um, I had a few D1 offers, but I chose to stick in Toronto for the media program at TMU. Um, as well as the fact that, you know, I felt like a good fit uh, with the, my, like, the coach really wanted me, everything like that. So that's kind of how, like, the whole story unfolded with that. On the media side of things. Uh, get to that. <laughs> okay, 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 we can get to that. Okay, yeah. Hey, you said both. You said everything. Yeah. I was like, what do you want? Like, where do you want to start? Like, no, no, we'll get to that. You, you mentioned your father, and you talked to me on phone uh, a while back about, about the relationship with him. Yeah. What was that like? I mean, you told me he was, you know, he was hard on you. So talk, oh, yeah. talk about that. 
I mean, it's interesting, right? Because like a lot of the best athletes and their stories, especially when their dad was like a coach to them, mm-hmm. you know, you hear it with Jamal Murray and how hard his dad pushed him, yeah. the, the whole teacup story. <laughs> it was that. never that extreme. Um, but you know, like I was outside, I was shooting hoops. Like I would like, literally, like there's like, be times where like, you're like, yeah, you're shooting a thousand shots. Get up, a th- get up a thousand shots. And let me tell you, like in high school, I was a great shooter. So and like just stuff like that, like, you know, People from the outside looking in, they're like judging you like, oh, are they pushing her too hard and stuff like that. And I do think that when you're a kid and you're a teenager, it might even strain the relationship because it's like, are you my dad or are you my coach? And it's hard to navigate the difference, right? Um, How did that affect you on and off the court? I mean, I'm for good now. Like my dad's my biggest cheerleader, my champion and everything. Like He always was, but... You know, it's tough love at the end of the day, but like, you know, because he wanted to see us get scholarships and we did. So like it paid off. It's like it's like uh, was it King Richard, Selena, yeah, yeah. yeah. Serena and Venus. Like yeah. it's, it's I when I watched it, I was like, that's my dad. Like <laughs> there's like that's me and that's Oshi. Like and that no, that's my dad. Do you think there's another way to get the same result without being so um, negative or I don't want to say negative. That's the wrong word to use, but like uh, demonstrative. No, I think uh, well. It depends because everybody has a different journey um, in sports. I think sometimes people find a really great coach at a young age and they just somehow manage to stick together with that. But I think it's a mixture of having the support system around you, but also for you yourself to have that internal drive to want to be good and to want to get better. Because it wasn't just like per se my dad pushing me. Like I had a lot of motivation even growing up myself. There's been times where I felt like I was overshadowed or overlooked because if anybody knows like my twin sister, they know she's actually a few inches taller than me and people think that I'm tall. I'm like- uh, You are tall. Well, yeah, yeah. until you meet my family. Okay. And, I'm the, <laughs> and then I'm the shortest one. You're the shortest one in your family? I'm the shortest one in my family. Damn. Yeah. Okay. And so my basketball height was listed at 6'1". Basketball height. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then my, but my twin sister's basketball height was 6'4". Damn. And she's still playing professional right now overseas. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, so when you walk into a gym and you see a woman that's six foot one, you're like, holy, yo, my guy, like, yo, that's crazy. And then right behind her comes a six foot four girl. You're like, wait, what? I just saw a unicorn. And I, so I see some D1 athletes and yeah, you know, but six, four is a lot more uncommon than six, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, and coordinated at that, you know? Oh yeah. She was good. My twin was really good. Yeah. Well, so. you, you mentioned a little earlier yeah. about you, you know, you are going to TMU, which was the old Ryerson. Yeah. Um, and you had, you had scholarship offers as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. Um, but then you got injured. Yeah. You had multiple knee injuries. Yeah. What did that teach you about yourself at the time? So my big one, actually, I had a knee injury in high school, but I still had offers regardless. Okay. So that was like cool because I recovered in time and stuff like that. So yeah. that was more like earlier in my high school career. I was like grade nine or 10. And then, so yeah, by the time I got to grade 11, 12, like everything was fine. It was when I got to TMU, that's where like things changed because mm-hmm. I was coming in as a, you know, I felt at least, and I'm sure my coach could probably say the same thing as like a, a, a top recruit. Like mm-hmm. they were really happy when they got me and everything. And I had this certain level of expectations for myself where I'm like, I gotta come in, I gotta be like basically the Scotty Barnes of the team. Like, you know, I gotta, I gotta come in and make a big splash right away. Right. Um, and so I was like kind of figuring it out. It wasn't like the smoothest start, I think, in my basketball career. But then just as I was finding my footing, I was actually competing really well, blah, 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 oh, injury. Right at How'd you get hurt? Um, it was it was bad. I was I hurt 
during a training camp, like over the Christmas period within my own team, like as a team practice. As a practice. Yeah. Yeah. And you, so. and you tore your ACL. I, you know what's funny? I tore everything but my ACL. I almost wish I tore my ACL just so I could say I did. So MCL, PCL. Everything. Everything oh was gone God. except for my ACL. It's like a Christmas miracle. Yeah, that's that's very rare. Yeah, and then but I had cartilage damage. Uh, I had bone chips that uh, like slowed it from my tibia under my kneecap. Like it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, oh but my somehow God. my ACL was fine. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. <laughs> it's really weird. Pretty weird. Like I had like the doctor gave me a document that was like two pages, like size ten font, like double sided of like everything that's wrong with your knee. How did you deal with that mentally? It was hard. Oh yeah, like I think I've told you this, this story before. Like I know it was it was very very tough. I was like I always say like full fledged. I was in situational depression like a thousand percent, like deep in it too. Really? Oh yeah. Like what year were you in in school? First year, coming right. in as a hot prospect, thinking that you're gonna own the stage or whatever, and then you get boom, you get humbled right away. Why'd you pick TMU? Because the program for media. sport media. You didn't want to do that after. Yeah, I knew what I wanted to do since I was sixteen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I knew I wanted to be an NBA silent reporter since I was 16 years old because I saw Sage Steele covering the NBA finals and I was and she, that was a woman that looked like me. Uh -huh. And I was like, I had no idea that that was even an option. And so, and so, yeah. So you wanted to do that. You had you had situational depression. Yeah. Which I understand. Yeah. But if you knew you wanted to do that, like, was it was it now easier for you to get out of your depressive state because you knew you had an endgame? Um. Yes and no, because my because I feel like the sideline stuff, even though I knew I wanted to do that, it was more so I want to do that when I'm done playing basketball. And when you choose to be done. Exactly. Right. Which you never choose to be done. No. Hobbies <laughs> <laughs> are not given the choice, no, typically. No, no, no. So no. that was that was tough. But my first goal was actually like to hopefully like, you know, make it up into the professional leagues, maybe try to get for on team Canada, like go go that route. Why was that important to you? Because my, my aunt was on team Canada. And you want to follow in her footsteps. Yeah. But like more than that, I just want to do it for myself because why not? Don't you want to represent your country? I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, know, yeah I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Don't, didn't you? Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Definitely. And definitely doesn't everybody do. who plays a sport? Like most I mean, of the time. You could argue some. Not so, everyone well, that's because is they're that probably making a bag. <laughs> but not, no, because not everyone is that ambitious per se. You know, not everyone sure. has those type of goals. So like where did the motivation for you to go ahead and do that? And were you able to rehab from your first knee surgery? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, the ambition part first, like, that just came from, I think I've always been a really ambitious person, like a really ambitious kid. I think my my parents, both of them, you know, they're highly educated people. My mom's a doctor. My dad's in the education system. Mm -hmm. And they basically told me, like, from day one, there's nothing that you can't do. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, and I mean that full-fledged hearted. Like, I feel like I have so much confidence in that statement that what they instilled in my brain, I feel like I could have been an astronaut. <laughs> like no facts like i actually feel, i feel like if i'm not laughing day, at you i just think that no how, how much crazy yeah how crazy they let us believe to yeah. them and it's but i love that but it's not crazy but there's no limits exactly yeah. so when i so when i told my dad like yeah well, i'm an nba silent reporter i want to work in tv he's like he's like cool be the next oprah like you could do it like it wasn't even like a hmm, maybe you should get an engineering or go into lawyer like no it was like great you could be a you could be amazing oprah someday and i was like cool like there was no hold back there. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. But um, in the second part of your question was how do I recover from that? Yeah, so I did recover. I did bounce back from the first one. It, you know how it is. You're never quite the same. You but didn't like, feel the same. No. What, did you ever feel the same coming from a bad injury? I did. What was your worst injury? Uh, well, I'm not being interviewed. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, the worst one, physically or mentally? 
physically. Achilles. Oh God. You you tore it completely? Oh my God, yeah. Oh, shoot. Snap snap that bitch. Gone. Yeah, yeah. Achilles. <laughs> oh, we can swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right right cool, knee cool, first, cool, cool, cool. Achilles second. <laughs> uh last was left left knee so i did i did it i did it all i did it all and you've always recovered always that's why i was in the play i oh, i swear you still felt like a 21 year old after all no, that exactly on. exactly not a 21, year, not a 21 year old no yeah. it does but i mean you're i i felt I after felt, you blow an achilles after you like tear an acl or do whatever you are never quite the same you feel the difference even now, I'm like I'm so far healed in like from from back then, and I'm still feeling it from my personal training sessions that I have literally this morning or like whenever. I still feel like, like there's like I can't go down the stairs quite right. Like there's like there's certain things. You call me a liar on my own. I phone. did. It's crazy. I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know it's cap. <laughs> uh, well, no, I I literally like my numbers are kind of remain the same. I was still. You were, was it so the same you could have a per- exactly. You were performing at the same player. rate. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So you've adjusted enough physically ways. though. No, I'm not. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Physically, you're never the same. No, not 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 quite. Not exactly. you're not identical. Exactly. That's what but that's what I'm talking about. You can be better as a player sure, you after injury. <laughs> could take more threes so after you were done playing after after the injury you were never the same so you kept on playing how long all four years okay yeah did you have any more injury yeah (laughs) i did the exact same thing in my third year but this time i was actually in a competition even though it was like it's a friendly competition but it was against it was a rematch of our national finals and so we played uh saskatchewan and those girls are very strong Uh, very strong how did it happen um, actually, you know the move where you pull the chair from un- under somebody who's overplaying you, like leaning yeah. on you too yeah, hard. Yeah, That's yeah. what I did. And she over, so naturally I'm thinking she's going to fall forward because she was leaning so hard on me. I did like a reverse spin to get open on the other side. This is on a post up. Uh-huh. And she overcompensated herself and threw herself back instead. And she was literally like, she probably had at least like three or four inches on me and probably like respectfully, like like a, a couple more a couple more pounds on me than like muscle and i mean muscle like that's what i'm saying respectfully like muscle pounds. okay not waste more so oh, yeah so she 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 squashed me <laughs> like a buck on your knee on right on the same knee that i got surgery on oh, what happened this time uh destroyed again like like everything much. acl pcr yeah I, I think when i got the whole mris the x-rays and stuff there's there's probably some lingering damage from the first time uh-huh. so it was like still two pages long but they're like, but this time they're like, yeah, so if you ever want to play at a high level seriously again, you're going to need to get screws in your knee at this point. And like, you said to that? Well, you know the story, eh? No, I said no. <laughs> what would I know? What would they know? I said no, because and because my mom, like being the doctor that she was, like is, like she she was like, don't do it. Because I was like, oh, I don't know. I kind of still want to play. She's like, this is where you make a decision. Do you really, really want to play? Mm-hmm. Or, and she, and then once the doctor even said, even if you get the surgery, you're still going to be prone to like premature arthritis. Oh, yeah. And this is that. And then I had a tough conversation. I think my dad even talked a little bit. He's like, okay, there's like basketball and then there's life. Like, do you want to get premature arthritis when you're 25 years old? Because that's what the doctor told me. He's like, I'd be probably prone to it by 25. And then and I'm in retrospect, so I didn't get it. In retrospect, I'm happy because uh, one of these coach, coaches, uh, Brittany Donaldson, I talked to her because she actually had a very similar story to me about with her knee injuries mm-hmm. and she got the the stuff in her knee and she said she regrets it like she heavily regrets it because and you can't take it out you can't take it out it's well not that i'm aware of mm. but it's like it's she said she feels it it's painful 
when you go when it's winter time yeah, it changes it changes yeah, the I temperature the me- yeah the metal changes you feel the metal in your body like no thanks i don't have a metal but it just you you feel it when te- yeah when it gets cold it gets hot you exactly feel it a little bit. yeah you go through an airport you're always gonna be beeping like <laughs> it's like it's a little thing though <laughs> like you know you imagine you go to the airport beep Imagine you go yeah, to it's a, my knee. It's my knee. Chill, chill. It's my knee. Yeah, you go to a club and they're like, chill, and like, thank you. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, everything changes, right? So I was like, ah. I didn't thought about that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, okay. So after the second knee injury, um, you know, which I can relate to, you made a decision. Yeah. To to stop essentially to to. to I was still playing because that was my third year. No, uh, but after that, after you graduated. Yeah, my fourth year. Yeah, right. I, my fourth year, I literally took my told my coach, I'm like, yo, I just want to be healthy. I don't care. Like, <laughs> and you played. I still played okay. a little bit, but I was like, I was more like that, like veteran leader on the sidelines. Okay. I was like telling the young bucks what to do and stuff like that, but like still playing here and there a little bit. But I was, I, I literally didn't want to get injured again because yeah, I it was definitely. still fresh. Right. Um. But yeah, so like, you mentally, you were checked out. Um. I just knew my next step. That's okay. what happened. Like that after the third one, I was like, I because I had to make a decision of are you going to play pro for real for real uh-huh. or not. Nah. And so when I said no to the surgery, that's when I pretty much said, okay, like after this next year, it's a wrap. Like okay. I'm done. So I could just be the best leader. I can be the best teammate I can be at this point. And you know, you well, and you knew your next step, and your next step exactly. was to get into broadcast media. Right? Exactly. So talk about that transition. How did you? How did you mentally say, okay, I'm done playing. I graduate. Now I'm into this. Was, was that was that a difficult process? Um. So actually, I got into that thought process during my first knee injury okay. because the first time it kind of scares you, right? The first time you're like, "Whoa, whoa!" Like I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to be this hurt and be out for the rest of the season. Yeah. And so I got to do something with my time, and I that's when I started like, okay, well, I have a whole degree that I'm working on called sport media. So let me just focus on that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I got voluntold, which is the best voluntold situation ever. Um, so the back when it was called CIS and not U Sports, mm-hmm. uh, my, like TMU, aka Ryerson, was hosting the men's finals, like the national finals there. When right? Was it? Twenty fourteen, going between twenty fourteen twenty fifteen season, I believe. Yeah. 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 So they're hosting the the national finals. And so leading up to it, they had some events to kind of get some hype. It's Toronto. So people were coming through the building, like this is Madden Athletic Center. And so they had a really big event and I, they invited some NBA people, personalities, um, organizers throughout the league stuff. I was like, whoa, they got some big people for a youth sports like event at the end of the day, right? Anyways, and so I was depressed in my bed, <laughs> doing nothing. <laughs> and like I got an email from like one of the organizers at TMU and she was like hey we're like we really need a volunteer to like work this green room like you know where like all the people come through and like rest like we great if you could just literally stand by the door I'm on crutches and I was like I was like do I stay in my bed all night and just like be depressed and eat McDonald's or do I just stand by a door and say hi to maybe some cool people okay I guess I'll say hi like so on crutches on crutches so I was on crutches and the funny thing is that that's where I met John Saunders and like no regrets at all because he was amazing to me um just and he sat me down he saw me on crutches either oh no 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 you sit down I, I should be the one standing up like and i was like no i'm fine i'm just it doesn't matter i was had a whole knee brace everything yeah, like yeah. um that was so funny I, I, that i remember that final yeah was Otto versus carlton yeah i showed up on crutches too because i just tore my achilles 
So we're both on crutches. We're both on crutches. Know. Oh, then I knew you back then. So. No, no, no. Yeah, also, you're probably, because, yeah, because you were in crutches in March. I was in crutches in December. So. Uh, February, March. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. Yeah. Funny. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Injury. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so I sat down, talked to him. He was super inspirational. Just to, like keep going, basically. Um, he had a kid that was also playing hockey at TMU at the time, too. So that was kind of cool. And then I met Leo. Routens. Yeah, Routens. We know him. Yeah, talked yeah. to Leo there. Uh, what did he tell you? Uh, honestly, to be quite honest, it was so long ago, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it was so long ago, I, I, I don't remember the details. I remember he was just cool. Um, and then uh, one of my family friends, Dana McKeel, he was there. He knew my aunts. He knew everything, my backstory in terms of like my family's playing career. Um, and then my and then he introduced me to Akil. Mm-hmm. And that was the key. So he for you to get in the door and become at, a producer. Well, yeah, because Akil, like he gave me his contact information. I said, "Yo, I'm a big fan. I watch MTV Canada. I yeah. watch The Hangout. Blah blah blah." Shout out to Akil. Yeah, I love Akil. And then, um, yeah, and then he, six months later, at second year university, I had a job shadow opportunity. Hit up Akil, being like, "Can I shadow you? Because like I think you're pretty cool." And then he's like, "Yeah, no problem. Come through." And then I shadow him, and sure enough, like it was rap. I just said, "Like, listen, I loved." being on set so much like i will work for free which you can't say that now because that's technically illegal but back then <laughs> there was such thing as unpaid internships right. and so i it still is in some places maybe uh, i think they're for the most part they yeah. should be paid i'm pretty sure but i said i'll work for free i don't care like I don't, i'll mop the floors like i don't care i literally don't care let me just be around tv let me understand right. this space because i have to put my energy somewhere because it can't be the basketball court right now and right. so then, yeah. So for you, that was a transition. You shifted your energy into from one thing. So yeah, because I had a whole nine months of recovery and I had to do something. Yeah. <laughs> other than school. Yeah. So, you okay. So, quote unquote, you never really got to make it as a pro. You yeah. know what I mean? You know I mean? Playing the WNBA. You never got to do any of those things. Do you think in your mind now that doing sideline reporting for the Raptors is your way of making it? Because you're the closest you're ever going to be to the NBA. You're on the damn floor. So, <laughs> Well, is that... unfortunately, due to the fact that I was born a woman, um, okay. well, I WNBA. never had a chance at the NBA. Maybe. Maybe. I could have been sick and then just like, <laughs> you have to take me to the league. Like, <laughs> that's disrespect to the WNBA because WNBA is stupid talented. Okay, so, sorry, the WNBA then. Yeah. Right. Would yeah. you? Was Is this your way of making it? Um, you know what's funny? I live vicariously through my twin who's playing professional still like to this day. So I don't feel like it's like a, an itch to scratch or anything. I feel like I just see I see what she goes through. I do not miss the morning practices no, whatsoever. I don't, I don't miss like early morning like shoot around, shoot around walk through and scouting and scouting, film, weights, hill runs, like you name it. Like, oh yeah, we had intense training. And then, um, but yeah, so I don't miss that at all. But the closest to this, I mean, I just like, I've always liked storytelling and I've always loved basketball. So let's marry the two. So I don't see it as like, oh, I can't be on the floor. So I gotta, I gotta be closest to the floor. I don't see it as that. I feel like I've had my time. I've had my career. Yeah. Didn't go as planned, but like I'm, really I'm does. fine with it. I'm at peace with it. And now let me see if I can amplify stories and get the human side of the athletes out better. Cause people only see them as athletes typically. Bingo. Yeah. Which is quite the reason why you're here. It's cause you want to talked with that and you're not an athlete per se anymore and neither yeah. am i but <laughs> when you stop playing yeah it's really hard for i don't want to say people take you seriously but it's hard for you to get opportunity and hard for you to develop um some some sort of career especially if you don't have time yeah so 
um, I think it's really, really important to go ahead and tell people like your, like, like your story and talk about how, um, where you are now and how you've gotten here and when you stop playing and, and your, and your, your mentality you know, yeah. during that time. I think that like, we've talked about this before. I feel like a lot of athletes don't know like the next step after they're done playing. Well, how can you? You're, you're so focused on what you're, you're doing. You're so focused. And also I feel like sometimes you're not told, like people don't no. tell you what's next. Like no. there's not a whole lot of support in that regard. Like, and what do you even want to do? Like yeah. if, if I find something that I'm passionate about, what would I even want to do when I'm done exactly, playing? Right? I don't and I think, think about that. And I think, I think even like, for example, like broadcast, which we're in is, it, it can feel so distant to when you're on the floor. Like, oh, they're doing their thing over there, but I don't even understand what that world is. Like, I don't even know how to get into that world. I don't know who to talk to in that world. Cause you can't even, like, you could talk to the on-air people cause you see them, but they're not the people who are hiring. No, <laughs> that's so true. That's a good point. Like, very good point. Yeah. Like, you, like, you ask them for help, they'll take you for coffee. They can't technically get you a job. No, like, no. And people think that's how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't work yeah, like yeah. that. Big time. A lot of athletes will describe the feeling of like a loss of identity, um, as you know, especially when they're done. You know, I mean, playing. Uh, do you think you've experienced that or went through anything sort of like it? Yeah, like in my first year, my first year, like that first injury. Yeah, that was the identity crisis because it kind of like warps your world of like, whoa, this is such a bad injury. I'm out for the season. Yeah, season barely just started. I'm never gonna be the same. I'm never gonna <laughs> be the. <laughs> you are not gonna be the same okay <laughs> that's a fact you can be in denial all you want i'm just gonna call cap for the for the audience i guess i am still in denial, <laughs> for the listeners but i'm never gonna be the same Go on, yeah. but you're never gonna quite be the same you can like do your best to rehab whatever and i had a really great second year university like i i played really really well okay um but yeah just like you kind of come to terms of like well what if basketball is not in my future and that's the first time it really clicks in it's like ah yeah. oh, like this isn't forever. Exactly. Like because I'm not gonna be the same again. Yeah. I'm. I'm. You just. I'm shortened in my career. You get now. back down to earth. Yeah. Almost. yeah. <laughs> you get humbled. Like. Yeah. No, you do. You do. You get humbled. Yeah. You get humbled. Yeah. Um. But what if that never happens, and the and the humbling comes at the end of the career and everything went perfect for you? You know, what if you had a Michael Jordan career, never got hurt? Well, he did get hurt, but <laughs> nothing seriously. Yeah. And and then you stop. Like, do do you think? Or a better excuse me, a better question would be. Do you, have you recognized other people that have had a loss of identity and still haven't been able to recover? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting when I see something like that because it's not that they have a like a loss of identity per se or haven't been able to recover. I think there's people that like I mean, we see even NBA guys that oh, yeah. they're pushing it. They're they're playing overseas and they're they're I mean, hey, get your bag. Like I'm not here to stop your money. Thought it was a bag either. But sometimes it's not even about the bag. It's no. about the fact that they just don't want to like let it go on to real yeah. to real life like, real life is, is there's scary. still real life exactly yeah. but people when it's all you know you don't know that there's an other side that's actually pretty dope like that's why i have so much respect for kobe and what he did off the court when he was done because he threw all of his energy into dear basketball and his daughters and like he just knew that there was more to life which actually makes the loss, I think, even that more tragic because he wasn't one of those guys who are just hanging on for dear life. Like, no, he was, he let it go. He still was a great player when he let it go. And and he threw all that energy and passion just back into other things of life. And so, but people don't know that you can do that. 
people don't know that you can get passionate about something else the same way and that there's translatable skills from the sport that you're in into whatever career you want to go in. Or you can be an entrepreneur, start a business. Like you have the discipline to, trust me. Like I try to tell this to like my twin sister all the time too. I'm like, don't feel like you got to, because she's, you know, she's worried about that balance between, well, I'm playing professional, but like when, when do I take my career seriously? Because she has a master's in marketing, but you know, you still need some work experience. And I'm like, what's stopping you from just making your own company? <laughs> They're a creature and experience. Like, you know, like people, but athletes don't know that they can just, you know, choose your own adventure. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. You, yeah. you talked a little bit about you having after your first year, um, you know, uh, a loss of identity. But did you have pr- like, did you put pressure on yourself to know exactly what you wanted to do next right away? Like you, you were like, listen, OK, I, I may not like I may not hoop anymore, oh. but I'm going to get into media today because like I have to figure this out. I can't be stagnant. Yeah, that's definitely me. I'd be happy stagnant. <laughs> no, but I think honestly, <laughs> Like my siblings and some of my friends have t- called me a shark and the fact that like when a shark stops swimming, it, it dies. Like <laughs> I can't stop swimming. I can't, I have to keep on going. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I th- I resonate with that because like when, during that injury time, I started a radio show on campus. Oh, wow. Um, I was, what was it about? I was called Origins and I interviewed people, media members and how, that what their origin story was, like how they got into it, what their journey was. Why'd you stop? Because I was using it as a networking tool. <laughs> I was just really wanting to get to like professionals in the in the business to come talk to me about their journey, That's just honest. so they could like yeah. tell me more about themselves. And then people love to talk about themselves the way that I'm loving talking about myself today. So you know, you gain some brownie points. <laughs> do you do you think there's a, a lack of support for people like yourself who get injured or? Because listen, you're gonna stop two ways, either yeah. either by force or by choice. Mm-hmm. So when you're done, do you think there's a lack of support? in terms of what people are going to do next with their life. Because if they don't know, yeah. then they're kind of left to figure it out on their own, yeah. which is where I, like I was, which is why, I, which is why I'm doing this. You know? Which so, is why you're, you're a broadcaster? No, which is why I'm talking to you okay, about okay. this so that other people can learn about learn, okay, there's okay. more. But yeah, part of why I'm a broadcaster, for sure. Yeah, I, it's the one thing that came my way. So yeah. I took it and ran with it. Exactly. That's, that's the beautiful thing because not, that's not always the case. Like, not everybody no. is offered a broadcasting role no. when their career's done. Um, so it's kind of like an, not an easy step because there's a lot to learn in broadcast, but like it's a step that makes sense for a lot of athletes because like, hey, you like being around the game, like talking about the game, like get paid to. Dwayne Watson, that's how I got my start. See? Akil's boy, that's how I got my start. I know, Dwayne, Dwayne was my, my mentor. Dwayne, Dwayne all the time. led me through this industry. What do you think we can do um, as a society to help other people that may watch this, yeah. athletes? What can we do to ease their level of transition? Well, I think it's important as athletes who've been through the transition to then reach back and help young athletes that are towards the end of their careers and create platforms and spaces and maybe go out and talk to them and be like, yeah, here's a, here's the transitional steps. Here's the next steps. Let's explore your interests. Like, l- let's take it back to like your even like primary interests. Like, do you like art? Do you like engineering? Do you like tv do you like like you can you can go healthcare you can go so many different directions what did you get your degree in do you like your degree be serious like did you just get a generic business degree because you yeah. thought that was the easiest basically or like a liberal arts <laughs> yeah well, I, I i did i did school so that my mom would be happy see that's really exactly what I, that's, that's I, a lot I of athletes I, I knew what i was doing i was that's going i was people. going overseas i knew that see yeah, yeah. so so school's like well mac burner like i'll get my degree just so i could play yeah and then and then whatever happens after that I'm not, I don't care. 
Yeah. But like, yeah. So when you're in those transitional space spaces, you gotta be like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Like, what do I actually want to do? And like, so I think, but I think it helps it when like there's people I know. Tristan is over here sitting behind the scenes, and like he he's one of them. Like he he actually helps. He works in that space of like youth sports and young athletes and navigating that that transition. Shout out to Ross. Man. Yeah, yo. Ross, Justin Timberflake, my dog. That's a backstory right there. That's a backstory. That's my boy. <laughs> Somebody flakes. Shout out to Ross, my little brother. I love that guy. Bro. This is something I, I ask. I, I ask everybody. Mm -hmm. What do you think from the time you started playing and you got injured to now? What do you think you've lost and what do you think you've gained? I have a hard time like answering the loss thing because I just have like literally no regrets in life. So like, it sounds so cheesy, but everything I've lost was either a lesson or a door closed to redirect me to the right one. Like, I don't know, like I'm a spiritual person. So I, I don't, I really don't see it as a loss at all. So have you gained? Yeah, so I gained, I think a great perspective on the game actually. Cause when you're sitting out, you're watching the game yeah. with a different mindset, being like, I wish I was out there. I was at the screen, like, oh, no, no, no. yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're like biting your tongue, but you then when your teammate gets like, hey, girl, when you see the screen out there, make sure you get around it. We're doing a drop, so like, make sure you like, no, or bump the player. You're not bumping the cutter. That's why she's getting an open layup. Like, you know, like, so then you start talking about the game to your teammates, and then how that has transitioned for me in TV is like now I'm just talking about the game to an audience of just telling you what I see. So, I mean, so I've gained perspective of the game that way. Um, I think also I've just gained so many great friends, um, people in my life that have really shaped and molded who I was and am and like continue to do so. I feel like I've grown so much as a person, as an individual. Um, I definitely wasn't the same young Sav when I was a producer to where I am now. Hell no, we know that. You walk in here with a whole <laughs> lot of swag and energy. Yo, <laughs> I just don't, I stop caring near as much of what people think. Like I just, I'm very comfortable in my own skin. Like, Do you think basketball helped you get there? Basketball helped me a little, yeah, get there. But definitely I think there's also being a, like on air and being in like a t in a TV position. Like you just, you can't fake yourself. Like people your audience by that like the camera reads it like audiences can tell when you're being fake so you, like people can tell when you're not comfortable so you know people can tell when you're not being convincing in what you're saying like so you've got to be if you don't believe what if, if you don't believe your what mouth. you're saying then they're yeah, not gonna yeah. believe what you're saying yeah. so like you better be comfortable with everything that you represent you stand for i think a lot of people will challenge you want to know your opinions on things so you better have an opinion on almost everything and that first, like, I remember when I first got into it, I was very shaky and like, oh, I don't know if I want to speak up. Like, I don't know. Like, I've never really, like, I don't think people ever cared about, like, my opinions. And now I'm like, yeah, now have, let me tell you something. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'll, I'll give you my unfiltered thoughts. Like, just, I don't know. So I, I yeah, I think I've just become like, way more comfortable in my skin. And that's been a process. And, you know, it's been, yeah, quite the journey, actually. Um, Would you, would you agree that, even though you're not an athlete anymore, we're still always competing. Like you're, you're still, you're still competing just on the sideline now. Um, it's always, the competition's always just been with myself though. Okay. Like I would say, yeah. But like, even when you're an athlete, what are you doing when you're practicing by oh, yourself? You're competing with yourself. Exactly. So what games do you play with yourself now? How do you compete with yourself? <laughs> How do I compete with myself with games? Um, can I do a hit as clean as possible? Can I make it as concise as possible? How do I deliver this message or this story in the way that still cap 
captures the story, mm-hmm. but in the least amount of words, which is a very tough task. There's actually, there's a quote, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I feel like they say it's harder to tell a story with less words than it is to have a long story written out. Like it's, yeah, it's really difficult. To, so it can be something that's intricate in 30 seconds, you know? Um, so that has like, that's kind of been like the games I play with myself. If I read a news article, actually, that's what I do. I'll read a news article, raptors, not raptors, whatever. And then I, I ask myself, because maybe it's like a thousand words or longer. And I ask myself, can I summarize this right now and say it without a hiccup in 30 seconds? Those are the type of thing I like compete with myself with. And I've gotten better over the summer because I've been doing that a lot over the summer. Yeah. <laughs> are you ready for the second season? Yeah, excited. I'm excited. I'm pumped. This is going to be a good season. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. But um, on the subject of transition, um, why why is like to you why is this subject important? Why do you think it's important for other people to go ahead and talk about this? Because it's not really talked about. Um, you know, my thought process was like, shut up, you didn't make it. It's okay. Like you, <laughs> you know, like Ouch. It's, it's no, no, like, it's fine. Like, you on yourself, yo. <laughs> like we didn't, we didn't make it. So why, why do people so care cool. about our opinion on on this topic? Like there is so much life after sport, but like, why yeah. is it important to you to be here and talk about this? Um, I think coming as a woman, first and foremost, is that, yeah, for, like, first of all, not everybody makes it. And those who do make it, they're busy making it. <laughs> they can't talk about it because they're busy training about it. But like having been teammates with actually a lot of the players on the Canadian national team right now, I could tell you what they're thinking. I could tell you like, you know, the style of play that I've seen them all grow into and stuff like that too. So it's kind of a cool position to be in. But yeah, transition is so important because it's it's your life. Like when you hang up the basketball shoes, like or any discipline, or that. any discipline, it is your life. Or like your next steps, and like I like the motto of like just don't like live a life where you don't really need a vacation from. Like don't be wrong, breaks are I good. Still need a vacation. You still need out. Yeah. Use breaks are good. Like I love going to like St. Martin, Jamaica. I've like seen. you know, I love going to the island. I've seen, I've seen. We've all seen. Yeah, it's but like <laughs> the gram, y'all. It's a gram. But uh, to mute her during those times. <laughs> it's not that bad. Okay, while, chill, 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 chill. It's tasteful. It's tasteful. <laughs> vacation pics of palm trees and alcohol that I'm drinking on the beach, and oh, at least you're maybe books that I'm reading. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta be comfortable in your own skin, y'all. Yo. Say your truth. Hey, I call cap on you anytime. <laughs> so I'm like, you're not being honest. <laughs> I had some shots before we came here. You did? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I was going to say, I'm joking. No. it's called alcohol. <laughs> That's called. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm watching you. <laughs> what was that smell? I smell. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Do you, um, do, do you think with social media, um, with the presence, I know from like the older generation, it's a bit easier because when you're done, no one cares. No one's checking your, you know what I mean? Like your profile page to see you know, like what's going on in your life. When you're but done what? When you're done doing anything, when you're done playing basketball specifically. Sure, yeah. Um, do you think with social media, everything that we've discussed so far, so loss of identity, loss of structure, all these different things, do you think they become more amplified with social media? Because if you've been posting your, you know, your yeah. clips of you dunking, you doing all these amazing things, and then one day it stops, then what? <laughs> it's like, oh, what is he doing now? He fell off the face of the earth. You haven't posted in four years. Yeah. Just... Failure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, it's it's easy to think that. Yeah. I I in my own career I felt I was a failure. I literally yeah. did for a long time. Like, like two years. Like I was like I wasn't successful. 
Yeah. So do you think those things are amplified now because the essentially you have a platform where everyone can watch? Yeah, everyone can watch, everyone can judge. <laughs> Silently yeah. judge. Silently judge. Yeah. I actually, yeah. I think I've told you, I, I cannot stand Instagram. Oh my gosh, I can't stand it for so many reasons. Except but St. Martin when you're there. Well, that's different. That's, that's, that's just vibes, yo. That's just vibes. Um, but I mean, social media as a whole. Yeah, no, I don't like social media as a whole. Like, I'm in so I'm on social media because I have to be for it's my your career. Brand. It's yeah. your brand because really, if it was up to me, I just like to tell stories and play and watch basketball and talk basketball. So I'm saying, but but we, now we're in a a society where you have to be on social. You basically have to self promote, which I've never I, I don't like self promoting because like let my work speak for itself. Like this one as a player, I let my game talk. You know, like, I don't, why would I need to talk about myself or like really post that much about myself if, if I'm just going to still drop 50 on you? Like, you but know, if you're no longer in the but game, but if you're no longer there, how does your game talk? And now exactly. it's just you speaking. And now it's just you speaking or like you having to show people that you're still relevant or that you're still out here Bingo. doing things. Relevance. Or but relevance yeah. is, is mental it's, anguish. Yeah, it can be. Trying to be relevant all the time is, is yeah. mentally draining. Uh, but for me, for me, I don't. To be quite honest, like uh, you're talking to the wrong person. I don't care. <laughs> oh, I get that. I don't care because uh, for me, I'm posting anything that's authentic. That's why you're getting the same Martin picks because I love being down in the islands. Okay, right. but like at right. the same time, like when it's game time, you also see me posting just as much, if not more, work pictures. In fact, people are telling me, "Yo, Sab, you post way too much work pictures." But I'm like, "But authentically, that's my life." Yeah. Like everything you're, if, if, if I'm posting work pictures, is be probably because I've been working for like the past five months straight. Like, yeah, yeah. so yeah, no, I'm not really going out with my friends right now, nor do I really care to show, show that element of my life. But other say. other athletes, do you think they may not have the same approach you have where, yeah, you don't care about that stuff and that's fine. Yeah, that's no, the, because it's, it's, I'm the it's, same it's, way. it's bad. Like mental health right now is bad. This is awful with this whole social media stuff, like especially as athletes and now you get the NIL stuff, right? How's uh, that? Name, image, and likeness. Name, image, like, and so the you, bigger your following is, <laughs> you could be a no, a, like, technically on the court, you might play two minutes a game, but you have a 50,000, like, K following, uh, and you're going to get an NIL deal. NIL deal. Because, like, oh, but she knows how to do a TikTok dance, or he knows how to do a TikTok dance, like, or whatever, right? So, all the feelings of, like, you being important and you being put on a pedestal as an athlete are, are now amplified. And then you stop playing. Social media still exists, so you're yeah. still amplified. You're still trying to fit into that realm that that maybe you are important yeah. or whatever. And people and people have to change their perception of what your identity was to them Bingo. too, because God forbid we're multifaceted human beings that have other interests than just playing one thing. That's right. But then, but in your own mind, do you think that's hard to do, or do you, or is that is that an easy process? So it's hard to do. I yeah. think, I think, no, like, I think if you're an athlete and that's all you know and then you love this game and whatever, like, it would be hard to, like, all of a sudden, like, you know, switch off and, uh, guys, I'm just doing nothing now. Like, <laughs> I'm on my couch now. Like, yeah, but that would be, uh, yeah, because, because we probably didn't think about the transition step. Cause I seen athletes at the same time I went to, like, university with a really smart engineer that was playing volleyball. Um, and, you know, he after volleyball was done, he got into modeling. He has an engineer degree, um, so he's an engineer. I think he's working for like city of Toronto, doing like some sort of city planning, design, whatever stuff. And he's super successful, and he's like not afraid to post that. Even when he was in school as a student athlete, he was doing tutoring, like and stuff. He was posting the tutoring. So I think the best transitions happen when you're still an athlete. Like post your hobbies when you're still an athlete. So the time that you're not an athlete, when you're relevant, when you're yeah, when you're relevant, sure, yeah. exactly. By the time you're not an athlete anymore, people know that you have other interests. 
So it's like, oh, she okay, maybe she put the basketball thing away. But I already know that Savannah, you know, she loves to read books. She loves to go traveling. She loves uh, her family. Like I, she always posts about that other stuff too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's a transition piece on the social side that should happen authentically because you should just be posting for for authenticity and not for followers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that make that would make it easier. But otherwise, yeah, we live in a society that's driven by followers and followers equals money. So it's tough. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your family and talked about your sister earlier, six foot four pro sister, twin sister. Yeah. Yo. Um, so I'm assuming when she was twenty three or, you know, younger or twenty one, everyone's like, yeah, yo, she- yo, go chase your dreams. This is amazing. You're gonna be a pro. You're gonna go overseas. And then when you get a little older, the conversation turns Just, a little, it, yeah. a little it, it, it tweaks. It, it, it slowly starts to tweak a little, a little bit. Different. Yeah. What are the conversations you had with her then? And what are you talking to her about now? You obviously mentioned that, you know, she she's now thinking about transitioning. So yeah. what advice are you offering? Um, so it was interesting because I think when you're 23, as you mentioned, like I was like, just oh, go chase your dreams, play to your heart's desire, blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about the future. You're fine. Blah, blah, blah. And then you get to like, you know, I think I'm turning 28 tomorrow. Hey. Um, <laughs> and you get to 28. Happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, by the time you release this podcast, it's probably, it's probably past my birthday. Well, let's, let's, let's not talk about that. <laughs> the <yeah>. technicalities. <laughs> but I'm still a producer. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so, and you know, the conversation changes because she's thinking like, yeah, like, what's next in my career? I'm, I've kind of gone through my 20s and there's no industry experience yet. And she has like she has so many cool like interests and hobbies and stuff like that. So she's already m- very multifaceted. Um, but yeah, I think that's the battle that a lot of athletes have in their head. Uh, mm-hmm. At one point, at what point do you put down the shoes and pick up, you know, life. or the business suit or life, whatever it is? Um, I I've told her my advice to her has been you know, keep playing because your body's never going to be this young again, and keep playing until the wheels fall off. Honestly. Don't worry about the life stuff. It'll happen when it happens. She's healthy. Like she has, you know, a great couple more years, if not like more than that in for basketball for her, her career. She's like literally playing on a great, in a great league right now that has WNBA players playing in it. Mm. And she's at the highest that she's ever played professionally overseas that she's ever played in. So I'm like, and her next step is even going to be bigger. I we, like, I'm just keep going. Like, don't worry about the business stuff. It'll find you. And not to mention, like I always tell her like, you know, if I can help you when that transitional step comes, I will be there full fledged to help you with that too. Like, let's get you in front of the hiring people. Let's get you, let's see where we could plug you. And you know, we have a great family and a great support network that like, I'm sure she, I'm not worried about her finding opportunities when she's done playing. It's not like that for everybody, of course, but like, you know, I think that's a, I think when you are an athlete, you start to build people, like get to know, because you, you still meet a lot of people when you're an athlete, get to know them, get to understand what they're doing take them for a coffee meeting, you know, like even, even if you're not playing on stopping playing anytime soon, but at least like that name value, name face value is there. So initial context there. And then, Hey, maybe that person becomes a fan of your game, watches your career a little bit. Then when you're done playing, you could circle back mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, like, remember me, we had coffee. And then like, Oh yeah. Like, do you mind if I like pick your brain a, like a little bit about like the industry now? Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of how those transitional steps and it doesn't happen overnight. Because jobs don't come overnight these days. But, you know, it's those steps that you take when you're still an athlete that pay off when you're not an athlete anymore. When she comes back home in the summertime, if she does, do you do any of those things? Do you guys go out and reach out to people? And is she setting herself up for success when 
when she is done. Oh yeah. 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 She's, she's worked like she's done event marketing. She's like, she's done a few things now. Um, she's done sales. So she does have a little bit of experience for like her industry already. Um, she, she just wants to have more, but that balance of you're still a professional athlete versus you're not like fully working in the industry yet. Like just focus on being a professional athlete still while you can. Right. Um, one of the final questions, where, where do you want to go with your own career? As far as I can go. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like I keep a very open mind. Okay. I love what I'm doing right now. Like I, I actually am totally like, this is the dream job for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from here is just expanding my platform, my reach and impacting others. And that's like something that actually I'm working on right now is how can I give back to basketball? Because even though I'm not 100% satisfied with my basketball playing career, basketball has still given me so much. Yes, it has. And I feel like I, for me, like something that really resonates with me personally is the fact that it breaks my heart that women, like girls drop out of sports between the ages of 12 to 15, mm-hmm. like the highest rates, like it's over like two thirds of the population of girls that were playing sports drop out. So why? that's a whole different podcast that's a whole different podcast (laughs) but like that's an area that i would like to like address and like see if i could have any impact there because i think that girls need to know that like playing sports is awesome and it's just as fun and feminine and anything like you look at these WNBA players and they're also modeling and they're just beautiful people inside and out they're sweating it all out on the court but then they're taking it back to their individual lives and starting their own podcasts and stuff like you can you can be a role model you know, it's and it's not just about, you know, I don't know what they do, like go to the mall with their friends, like what most kids do. Like, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I think the, the drop off there is something that I would like to address for sure. And you mentioned on uh, an article how important it is for young black women to see, you know, you on television oh, yeah. and aspire to be like you. Why? Why is that so important for you? Um, Because that's how it happened for me. Because I saw Sage Steele, and she's a little bit of a controversial figure now with her opinions. She's kind of a, uh, she's she's like a bit more right winged, but I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> um, okay. But she, just her visual representation, opened my mind to like being like, oh crap, I, I didn't know I could do this. That's crazy. So if I could be that for like young women people, people who look like me, people who even don't look like me, but are also a minority of like, whoa, a minority woman doing this? That's crazy. Like, <laughs> like I would, would I'd like to be that for somebody else. And so I remind myself, cause you know, we all have bad shows, bad days, bad work days. And like, and I remind myself on those worst days that I'm like, yeah, well, at the very least, like there's probably somebody out there seeing me and being like, well, she looks like me and she's, she's doing something pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I hope that inspires them. Um, what does the phrase use basketball, don't let it use you mean to you? That's my that's my that's my quote, yo. I feel like you got I feel like I told you that. Uh, I told you that one. Well researched. Don't you yeah. well, <laughs> yeah, at least I know you're a good listener. Well, yeah, so I, don't, I don't know. I'm not taking any credit to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you use basketball, don't let basketball use you. I can't even take credit because I've been hearing that like from Yeah, yeah. From the time I started playing. Like my yeah. dad told me that you use basketball, don't let basketball use you. You think you've done that? Yeah, oh yeah. You think I've done that? I think you have. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think you have. I think you've done a phenomenal job. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, it just means to get to make the most out of the sport while you are still able to mm-hmm. and leverage the opportunities that it gives you via traveling the world 
Um, I could say I went coast to coast in Canada. Uh, I've yeah. explored. Yeah, I've explored pretty much. Actually, if I really think about it, outside of Mexico, like the entire like North America, yeah. entire continent. Yeah. Um, because of basketball, both in my career now and because of my playing days, and it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of pretty cool to say that because not many people have that opportunity. No. Um, it's very very unique and then you get the spotlight on you because when you're a good athlete people like to pay attention to what you do off the court as well so you can do something you see guys that have clothing lines in the nba or like you know guys that start podcasts women that start start podcasts when they're still playing and like Mm -hmm. that's using basketball that's that's taking a spotlight and saying hey look what else i can do and it can also get me education Mm -hmm. it can get me like a travel experience it can get me so so many different avenues that you can honestly name money now and nil especially in college are you are you gonna do your own show do you have aspirations to you know create like you know how to do it all you've you've gone behind <laughs> the camera in front of the camera <laughs> are you gonna go ahead and tap into that yourself and you know create your own brand per se yeah that's actually that's all i'm working on right now but yes uh-huh. You don't uh, have to give any details. Yeah, no, I'm not going to give you the whole spell. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's what I've been working on. That's been a work in progress, especially now I'm very comfortable. I'm entering my second year working with Sportsnet. So, you know, I'm just now like first first year just learning everything, taking subtly, it all in. Subtly, and then second year, what? I just subtly just like What? 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 Stop just, this. Stop this. You work with TSN. Hey, hey, man. What are you talking about me? We're enemies. <laughs> Uh, there's something about me today yeah but uh but yeah so so yeah now it's about like just expanding the brand giving back okay beautiful beautiful um i want to play final game it's called four three uh you know no pun intended um for three but you can answer the final questions in a sentence or one word okay okay uh yeah so it's either a statement or a question uh first one ready to play yeah basketball is not life. Bars. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear, when you hear the name, you only die twice. What do you think of? An athlete. <laughs> Savannah Hamilton's legacy will be. Somebody who used storytelling to impact change. Bang. Like that. <laughs> yeah. There we have it. Perfect. Savannah Hamilton. Um, like I said, I've saw I've saw you. I met you when you were younger. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, early birthday for tomorrow. But uh, I've belated your, by the time this comes out. Fair. <laughs> I've seen your progression, and to see you go from producer to in front of the camera uh, to I was I was there watching yeah. you the first year on sideline. I saw how dedicated you were to things, which is why I asked you to be here today. Is because I really admire even doing this, like. The preparation that goes into it that you know what no one's gonna see but sometimes i walk by you in set and like you're just scribbling your notes you're going to change <laughs> you're you're so focused on what you're doing yeah i admire that so much because you're you're taking what you learned as a young kid as an athlete and you're putting it into something else and that's exactly what we're trying to get other people to to do and that's why i wanted to do this so hey. uh, i'm proud of you i think you're doing a phenomenal job and I appreciate you taking the time to be here today. You said so many nice things. James, I should come on more often. <laughs> feel good about myself. <laughs> hey, if you like this podcast, it would mean the most to me and our team if you could like, comment, and subscribe to our channel.